0: Tonight we have a treat. It's been incredible all day for me to just kind of honestly sit with my wife and enjoy a service. Um, One of the things I discovered years ago, and I've heard this and I've taught this, but then I kind of learned it the hard way, is that none of us, none of us in this room or none of us watching online, can make it to where we need to be in life all by ourselves. That we need the help of Jesus and we need the help of others. And I've met some people that are like, oh, no, 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 no! all I need is Jesus. Well, then that means you're stronger than Jesus because when Jesus came to earth, he surrounded himself with 12 apostles. And on the toughest night of his life at the Garden of Gethsemane, he told Peter, James, and John, I need you three to go with me. So if Jesus wasn't enough for Jesus, if he needed other people, then all of us need other people. And it's amazing when you look back over your life. I'm 51 now, and when I was Some of you that are around my age, when you were 21 and 31 and even 41, you thought you had more friends than you did, but as you get older, you realize who your friends really are, and your friends are the people that show up when all heck breaks loose. So for me tonight, you're going to get to hear from one of my very best friends, and I don't just throw that term out there lightly or loosely. Clay Louder, Dr. Clay Louder, and I call him Dr. Clay Louder because he's actually a medical doctor. Um, he's my medical doctor, so y'all can pray for him, okay? But Dr. Dr. Louder was on the board of the, of the former church where I used to be employed, and he was the only board member that voted to not fire me. He's the, he's the only—and only, listen— I was in that meeting. I'll never forget that. It, It took courage to do what he did. And not only did he stand up for me there, but he stood beside me during the entire journey through rehab. After rehab, he became my medical doctor. He worked with me and walked with me through the darkest, most difficult days of my life. And I can tell you, I can tell you, I said this in the second service today and I'll say it tonight. I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be alive if it wasn't for this man and for his investment in me. So I'm super thankful for, for his friendship. I'm super thankful for you taking my calls and returning my text and being there to encourage me and help me. And I'm telling you, you're going to be blessed by what God is going to say through this man. So I want you to give a second chance welcome to my friend, Dr. Clay Loudon.
1: Every time, brother. Man, love you. Let's go, let's go. Man. Man, give it up for the band, the praise band. Who'd have thought five o'clock on a Sunday they'd get after it like that? That's the best they sang all day, I promise you. I want to tell you. Impressive group. 1996. I moved back to my hometown of Sumter, South Carolina, and I was setting up louder family practice, family doctor in my hometown, pretty cool, huh? I was working a shift at the emergency room, and this guy came in like Ricky here, 17-year-old African-American male, and his chief complaint was, hey, I was cutting my grass today, and I I got a little short of breath, so he had asthma, and um, he was wheezing, having a little allergic reaction to the grass, and I remember this cocky respiratory therapist came up to me and said, hey, doc. I got him. I got him. You, um, you go take care of these other people. I'll just, I'll give him a double, a double respiratory treatment. I said, Yeah, <laughs> that'd be great. I mean, we were super busy in the emergency room, and um, I said, that, that, That's awesome, buddy. I said, Just watch him close. He said, Great. So we had a car accident come in, and I got caught up in that car accident. So it took me about 20 or 30 minutes to get back to Ricky, and I came around the emergency room. I remember, like yesterday. And Ricky was sitting on the front of the stretcher just gasping for breath. And I could tell immediately this is bad. He was in florid respiratory distress. His oxygen levels had dropped into the 40s. He was writhing, and uh, we got a, I called a code. We had five nurses come in. We pounced on him. We tried to get him to lay down. He wouldn't do it. Um, he was combative. When you lose your oxygen like that, you get combative. He's a big, strong guy. He was throwing all the nurses off. So we got the biggest nurses we could, and we <laughs> all tackled him, held him down, got an IV in his arm, finally got him sedated. I was able to get a, a endotracheal tube in him and put him on the ventilator. Whew, you know, caught our breath; everything's going to be all right. Well, except so that night, the ventilator didn't work. He was so tight, and he'd gotten so bad that it just jammed. And I don't know if you've ever seen a ventilator, but it it forces jet air into you, and it would not go in. He was so tight in his lungs, and so we didn't know what to do, so I called an intensivist. I called um, a pulmonologist. I called Richland. It was Richland Memorial back in the day, pediatric intensive care. I said, man, I need some help with this guy. He said, Clay, try this, this, and this. I said, I already have. I said, he's doing this. His SATs are this. He said, what's his heart rate? I said, well, it's in the 30s, and he's skipping. And he said, Clay, you need to prepare yourself. I said, for what? And he said, he's probably going to die. See, a lot of kids die from asthma attacks, and that's what happened to, to them. They get gradually worse. I said, no, not on my watch. I want a helicopter here, and I want it now. I need it right now. Send the, send the team. He's like, man, it's bad weather. It's an hour. I said, I don't have an hour. So I just hung up the phone and um, sat there and gathered my thoughts, and I thought of my training. I said, where's the family? Better go talk to the family, and so, I walked down the long hall to the family room, and I opened the door, and there was just one elderly African-American female sitting there, just kind of looking at me with pleading eyes, and uh, I just had grief training, and when you tell somebody bad news, you can't just come out and say, you know, this is really bad. You just have to walk them through it. Like, he came in, he had been cutting the grass, he's really allergic to the grass, he's not doing well. I you know, I think he's going to get sicker. I've tried this. It's not working. So I'm preparing her, right? And I, w- I went to say, and he's really, and she just reached out, grabbed my hand, and squeezed it. She said, I'm praying for you. And I, I was caught back a little bit. I said, Oh, thank you. Thank you. And, she, and I said, But I, I really have to tell you, I think he's going to die. And she squeezed even harder. She said, I'm praying for you. And I said, But one more time. I'm praying for you, son. Go back in there and take care of my grandson. He's going to be okay. I talked to God. And I'm, you know, I'm a believer now, but I was really caught off guard. But I, so, I mean, what else could I do? I walk back down the hall and um, Ricky's laying there. I mean, it's still terrible. His oxygen is 30. I mean, heart rate, I promise you, is 30. Kids, when they get sick, their heart rate will drop and drop. And he was really pausing, and oh, just, we just put our hands on kind of spontaneously, me and the nurses, and we just prayed on him. And you're right. I mean, I'm here to tell you I watched life come back as that ventilator just started going. And life returned to that young man, and his color turned from blue to just just nice and pink. And he, I mean, he almost woke up even with the sedative, and we were just sitting there singing and dancing and running around. I mean it just happened so spontaneously and um so I mean it still chokes me up. But um next thing you know, here comes the, the um helicopter team, right? The alpha male where's the where's the patient? And I was like, well that's him right there and like what well, there's nothing wrong with him and I'm like <laughs> Yeah. I know. I know. <coughs> and so yeah, thank you, thank you. So <clears throat> I mean, it was, it was crazy, so I said, all right, I finally remembered the grandma, and I said, all right, let's, I got to go tell her, I got to go tell her, so I run back down there and opened the door of the room, and she wasn't there. I said, like, oh, that's weird, that's weird, and so I ran out in the waiting room, looked around, no grandma. I ran out the front door, like, hey, where? where's the lady? Nothing, and so I, I ended up um, <coughs> going to the front desk lady, and I said, hey, where's the family for Ricky? for Ricky, the, the guy. And she said, Clay, there's no family for Ricky. I said, what? And she said, no, there was, there was never any family. We couldn't get in touch with anybody. And to this day, I've never seen the grandma again. So you tell me what happened there. <laughs> right? Right? Come on. And so <clears throat> I did, I did go to the hospital the next day, and we sent Ricky home from the hospital. And I told him, "Don't you ever mow your grass again?" <laughs> I can't do that twice. But I am Clay Louder, and um, I love Second Chance Church. Right? It's been amazing. Thank you. And I love Perry Noble, and I'm gonna tell you more about him later. Later. But um, I'm a family doctor, and um, I love I love being a doctor. I consider it the Lord's work. I'm also a state championship golf. Um, golf State championship softball coach. Um, my daughter, Liza, won the state championship with a double. Sorry, I had to brag a little. I'm a cotton farmer, and I'm somewhat of a motivational speaker. Um, Perry says it's kind of average, but I'm working on it. So <coughs> thank you. Thank you for bearing with me today. But Perry said, let's do something special. They'll never forget. Let's give them something free. And I said, oh, that's great. People love something free. So unique and free from family doctor, this is what you get. <laughs> Free prostate check tonight. All right, guys. And not by me, by this guy right here. And we're gonna do it in that clear room right up. At... If you're a first-time visitor, just make your way. You can go now one by one. Or either Perry, he's a servant leader, he'll go first and we'll we'll enjoy that. All right, so a little about me. I'm a, a Clemson guy. Yay, yay, hey, hey, um, so, my dad played baseball at Clemson, I went to Clemson, my wife went to Clemson, my three kids just graduated from Clemson, we're, we're all in, right, drinking the punch. And um, one time, the you know, the second greatest human that ever walked the earth, um, Debo Sweeney, took his boys to Atlanta to play Auburn in the Chick-fil-A Classic game. Perry even said earlier that he was there at the game when Evander Holyfield spoke to the team. You know, Evander, the heavyweight champion of the world, if you're you're a boxing guy. And he told that team that something that night I'll never forget. He called, my brother called me. My brother, insider information is uh, Clemson sports psychologist, Dr. Milt Lauder. And he called me and said, Clay, you're not going to believe this. Evander said, boys, Just because you're here tonight in Atlanta, you're winners, because winners travel. Winners travel. Losers sit at home. So spend the rest of your life trying to travel, trying to provide for your family, see the world, go do big things, game plan your life. Winners travel. So that thing just kind of flew all over me. And I was thinking about when I first started my practice um, in Sumter, very small. I have one of the biggest in the state now, but it was louder family practice, and I had a newsletter that talked about true health, and what that, it's really more of a brochure, and my mom taught it to me, and it's really, to really be healthy, you have to blend the mental, the physical, and the spiritual. You have to have all three to be healthy, and so what I thought I would do today, as Perry's doctor, is give you a little bit of a checkup, right, give you some mental, physical, and spiritual health pointers. And I hope to tie that in with some miracles that I've seen to let you know that medicine a lot of times is not about science. It's a, it's a, it's about all three. And to be a winner, you got to take care of your health. So I want to talk to you about that, and I want to share these miracles. And I hope you learn something. And at the end, we're going to do something incredibly cool. I've been blessed. I put all that together in a book called Winter's Travel, A Doctor's Guide to Mental, Physical, and Spiritual Health. We have them out back. I'll sign every copy, and i would be honored if you got one and and passed it along. The response has been overwhelming to me, and um, of course, it's orange and purple and white. So, sorry, Georgia. (laughs) All right, mental health. Anybody know the surefire way to cure depression? That's right. I'm telling you, this works every time. If you're down or know somebody's down, you find somebody needs help and help them. It'll help you. It'll help you more than it'll help them. I'm always reminding myself that's Jamie. He's one of my autistic guys. Every time I walk in the room, Perry, you'll love this. Every time I walk in the room, he's rocking. And he won't hardly look at me, no eye contact or nothing, but he's rocking. But when I walk into the room every time, he says, Dr. Clay Louder. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, Jamie, do it again. He, he won't do it again. Just one time when I go in, I'm going to film him. But give somebody a rod and reel, give somebody a special gift, always thinking of others and how you can give them something. It'll displace. Everybody's got ants, automatic negative thoughts. They come in your head. So to get rid of them, you have to think about other things. You, this brain is a runaway brain. If you want to control it, you have to think about other things. So help people. Number two, always have a vacation plan. And I've tried to do that with my family over the years. We like to hunt and fish um, together. We like, like, I've always snow skied with my daughter and just athletics and traveled to Clemson games. But I, you know, it doesn't have to be anywhere special. Just plan a trip. So where are you going? Where do you want to go this winter? Don't you think of it. Don't you, when you leave here tonight, I want you to write down where you want to go. I want to see this. It can be the mountains. It can be a stream. Men, I'd encourage you to make a plan for date night. This something outdoors, something outside. Plan a picnic. It doesn't have to be. You can go to Publix and get the, get the food. But just plan a vacation. Always have that. It'll help your mental health. Other things that I recommend for mental health are in the book. I can't go in all the details, but here's a couple. Why exercise I believe helps you mentally more than it does physically and then one of my favorites is how a written set of goals on your mirror can change your life anybody got the mirror disease <laughs> y'all know what that is my wife somebody hurt somebody laughed thank you um <clears throat> not funny I guess but Mirror disease is where you get kind of stuck looking in the mirror, you know, and and my family says, I have it, and so I might as well write my goals. I do, I literally write my goals all over my mirror. This is like 2017. There's a lot of, I love, I took a picture of this because I'll explain why later. But here's two of my favorites, I read that out loud to myself every day. You become what you think about. If you really think about it, that's a powerful statement. So if you can make this runaway brain think about success and where I'm going and my game plan and my life, where do you see yourself in 10 years? What vacation do you want to see? What kind of money do you want to make? If you can ever trick that brain into thinking that way, it works every time. And that's what my book details, and that's what I'd love for you to grasp today. The second thing that I love is... Andy Andrews wrote a book about the seven decisions and they said, What's the best decision, you know, for business or for life? What's the number one thing you tell anybody? He said, Ah, oh, there's seven. I can't narrow it down. They said, you have to pick one. And he said, okay, here's number one. It blows me away. Smile when you talk. Smile when you talk. Even if you fake it. Perry and I talked about it over lunch. Even if you just cheese it up and fake it, right? It is. It makes people endearing. Brandon Kinders here is one of my best friends in the world, and that sucker can do it better than anybody in the world. He's excellent. Those girls that were singing up here, y'all were all just smiling. I don't see how you smile when you sing. That is an amazing trait. But it does. It endears you to people, and it it makes you think you're listening even if you're not. So I always wrote practice here because it's not as natural as you think. Sometimes you're just going to have a blank. So those are my mental health tips. Physical health, my wealth formula is this one to one zero zero zero, zero zero zero, right? One is your health. If you lose all this, if you lose the one, all the zeros don't matter, right? So you gotta take care of it. So the best movie ever made, Back to the Future, y'all agree? Yes, excellent movie. And who is the doctor? Dr. Emmett Brown, good, good. And he's the smartest doctor ever lived on the earth. Why, what did he invent? Flux capacitor, I heard it. Because of the time machine, he invented it and put it in the DeLorean, right? Y'all remember? And what is Michael J. Fox looking at when he looks down? (laughs) I watch, I I think it's called Apple Watch, isn't it? Might be. Apple Watch, yes. Same thing. This lady taught me how to swim. She brought this in to me about two years ago and said, hey, I'm an AFib. I listened to her heart, and I said, no, you're not. You sound fine. She said, oh, no, I got an email. <laughs> Look at it. It shows AFib. So if you're over 65, you need an Apple Watch, because this is a real common cause of stroke in people over 65 years of age. So go get your parents an Apple Watch. <laughs> I'm not saying anybody's over 65. So this happens to be Brandon's dad, Scott Kinder, physically fit as you can be. And he taught me how to play point guard in high school. And he was tough. I mean, he would grab my jersey and pull on me. He really taught me to be a good basketball player. And he's one of my best friends, too. Well, Scott was training for a marathon. He was in great health, and he had some reflux one day. Texted me, I got a little reflux. I'm like, come in. No, I'm not waiting in your office an hour. You know, that kind of back and forth. And he finally came in and did an EKG. Eh, looks a little borderline to me. Said, you need a nuclear stress test. No, I'm not going to do that. And da 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 da, deductible, all that talk. Well, we did a nuclear stress test. A little gray area again. I'm like, eh. I said, Scott, you need a heart cath. No, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I said, yeah, I'm going to line that up. They put a catheter in here, squirt. Dye in your arteries and look and see if you got blockage. It literally takes five minutes. Probably less risky than a colonoscopy. I talked him into it the next day. They did um, a cath on him. The cardiologist called me, and I still remember, like, yesterday, I mean, he called me and said, Clay, are you sitting down? I said, yeah, why? And he said, Scott's got 99% blockage in all five of his arteries. I said, what? And he said, yeah, we're doing emergency bypass surgery on him. He said, if he'd have run this weekend, he'd have died. Whew. I mean, I can't even talk about it. And so what you don't know is they had lost their, little, their daughter, who was adopted daughter, just several months before that. So we avoided a catastrophe. And so I guess that's my message to everybody once they get over 40, especially in this area, is cardiovascular causes are number one cause of death, heart, heart, or heart. And so I think everybody needs a nuclear stress test when they hit 50. I just am passionate about it. It saved my dad's life, my mother-in-law, and my father-in-law. All three of them had blockage. So I'd encourage loved ones that you know, especially if you've got a family history, because sometimes it's unexplained and genetic like Roby and these people that I hunt and fish with that are under 50 that have heart blockage for some inexplicable inexplic- reason. Reason. Even even Santa Claus got him. Now, he wasn't under 50. (laughs) Second thing I want to tell you, if you smoke, if you smoke for longer than 10 years, we have a new procedure with the CAT scanner, where you do a CAT scan for 25 seconds, it's almost no radiation or risk, and we're looking for lung cancer. If we can find it the size of a dime, I can cure you. If it's over a quarter, you're going to six months. I just lost my step-uncle, who's actually one of my best friends as well, to lung cancer. We did a low-dose CAT scan every year, but we missed the COVID year. So, I'd encourage you, go to your doctor, and if you know anybody that smokes, I want you to call them after the service, tell them you need a CT, low-dose CT. Now, I'm a family doctor, but I also do colonoscopies. I've just always done them. The national age is now 45. I think people need it at 40. You can see on the left, that's me taking a polyp out. I actually have a lasso around that polyp. It's like a strawberry, right? And what I want to do is get it here before it turns into here, right? Because that's colon cancer. And you can tell that this will grow into this. It just needs time to grow. And a lot of that's genetic. It doesn't have, have matter how what kind of health you're in. Everybody's got a colon, needs a colonoscopy by age 40. Because I'm a preventer, right? We're trying to prevent that from turning into that. All right. I, in my book a lot, I go over my diet. Diet is a big part of my life. I think the body needs fuel. <clears throat> and it, the minute you let it run out of fuel, then you start building fat. So I have a unique way to use food to control your appetite and not a ton of exercise. And that's in the book. If you want to know about it, you have to read the book, okay? other physical health tips i have for you how viagra was discovered and how it's good for your heart <laughs> come on men, y'all gotta help me out dude thank you thank you so seriously Viagra was discovered accidentally you know um you know they thought it was a nitroglycerin type medicine that's what pfizer brought it out as it because it dilates the arteries in the art well in the heart turns out dilates other arteries way more than the heart. And um, they went out and, you know, asked the guys, are y'all having any side effects? And they're like, yeah, (laughs) Yeah, right? Oh, yeah, this crowd waking up now, so let's go. Um, How exercising 10 minutes a day is better than an hour. And then I want to talk about Suboxone. I'm a Suboxone doctor. Um, Suboxone will cure your addiction to opiates. If you or somebody else is addicted to opiates or has a problem with heroin, which is way more common than you think, it's not just druggies. It's anybody in this audience could be. It's doctors. It's lawyers. It's every facet of society, and they need help. They need Suboxone, and you get my email, and you email me. I will personally help anyone who's in that condition because this medicine cures them in two days. It is amazing. And then Chantix for smokers, there's a medicine now that'll block your smoking receptor. If you take it for three months, you can never smoke again. You make no effort. You don't try to quit. You just take my stupid pill for three months, just like it says. It's almost like 90%. I'm like the number one writer of Chantix in the country because I believe in it so much, and it's helped a ton of people quit smoking. So that's physical, so mental, physical, and then, of course, spiritual. And nobody talks about this much as a physician provider, but but I like to talk about it. Um, I always encourage my kids to read the great works. Um, the greatest salesman in the world, who's read that? Perry, good. I, I know my wife's read it. I, Brandon, Clayton. <clears throat> yeah, I played, Clayton's my son. He's running my foundation over here in the corner. And um, <clears throat> I pay my kids $100 to read these great works per book. And by said you're crazy, man, who does that? And I'm like, well, you know how much I got in their education? How much I've spent their whole life? You know, they're not going to read that many of them, but I want to leave them the values that I have, and so enticing them to read these books, what's wrong with it? Now, I'll tell you a story about this book. This is Andy Andrews, The Noticer. It is like he's one of the best storytellers you've ever heard. And in fact, Brandon and Danielle Kinder are here in the front row, gave me that book, gave Kelly and I the Notice of Returns, and we read it and fell in love. We read every Andy Andrews' books. I sent all of them to Perry. It's fascinating. In fact, their son, Jones, who's right here, is named for the character in the book. And there's reason that Jones has five letters, and it starts with a J. So, you have got, it's got a fairy tale in it, you have got to read that book. So, please, you know, look on my website and look these books up. Now, I want to talk, this, you know, Pastor Appreciation Month. Next Sunday's Pastor Appreciation Sunday, right? Yeah. Yes, sir. So I want to start by, <laughs> he has no idea, um, by talking about your pastor, who is like one of my dearest friends and mentors. And he has helped me, and I'll tell you why. So he baptized Liza, my daughter, <clears throat> at the gauntlet, got her out of line, and put it in her line at Daytona Beach. And she, yes, thank you, thank you. And she has turned into an amazing woman of faith, and she just got married in front of my house um, the other day to a fine Christian man. And so I'm so proud of her. And. Perry's influence on her and my entire family and teaching us how to get rid of religion and how to get relationship has made all the difference, all the difference in the world. And so the generational, spiritual gift that you've given my family, of course, I'm going to stand with you. I'm going to stand with you all day, every day through thick and thin, no questions asked. And so are we all. And Pastor Appreciation Day, month, year, we love you. This church loves you, brother. I just want you to know that. Um, So much so that I'm bragging about something that I have that nobody in this room has. Because when I went through a tough time, and I lost every single thing that I had materially, and I'll tell you about that later, um, somebody sent me their Bible. I mean, who does that? And, um, And if you ever want to know if Perry Noble's the real deal... You just read. You just read this, and you look at the pages, and the writings, and the underlines, and all his stuff in here. It will amaze you. When I'm down, and I'm going through a tough time, I read this book, and he gave. He he wrote in this book during those three years of turmoil. So if you ever got a question, you just call me, and I'll read you out of this. I mean, Psalm ninety twelve says. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Number our days, okay? And your pastor wrote, help me to recognize the urgency of time. May I live with a sense of urgency? And that's my message. You got one chance on this earth to do it. There's no do-overs. Life is short. It's going to get us all, right? You can't take it with you. What are you going to do different? When you walk out those doors today, what are you going to do different to change your life? Urgency. Urgency. Your pastor's got it in him, right? That's why he's up here three services. He's listened to three me do this three times today. You know why? Because he's a servant leader, yeah. Yeah. right? I said, are you going to yeah. come to one of the services? He said, no, I'm coming to all three. Can you imagine listening to me three times? My wife wouldn't say, but I wrote in the front of his Bible, loyalty matters. Because it meant something to him for me to stand up for him, and it meant something to me to do it, okay? And we're friends for life. So that's my little Christian message there for spiritual health. Now, two fascinating facts that they actually did studies about. um, Did you know that people who go to church live seven years longer than people who don't? So good for you for being here. You got seven more years. <clears throat> did you know? This is a study now. I don't know who did the study, but this is amazing. People who go to church have a more vibrant sex life than people who don't. Amen. <clears throat> I'm helping you guys. I mean, that should be an ad for Second Chance Church, right? <laughs> we should put that on, on social media. Um, I mean... Seriously, you can laugh all you want to, men. If you want if you're real cocky around your wife and act weird, like my wife told me I was doing today, but if if you act normal and a little bit shy, or even we went to Vegas, right? And we looked up the church out there, and I said, "Baby, you want to go to church?" She's like, "Yeah, I want to go to church." <laughs> it worked too. I see all the grins. The sex crowd here at five o'clock. <laughs> Golly, y'all are making me blush. (laughs) All right, I wanted to tell you a unique way that I learned. It's nothing short of a miracle this year to do my spiritual time, my quiet time. Um, God wants our first. and He wants our first. And so sometimes I struggle with that, and it just seemed like I was just checking the box and just reading the Bible and stuff. And so something happened to me this year that made it come alive in my life, and I wanted to share it with you. I happened to go to Texas and meet this guy named Bob Bodine. I was there for another reason, and my buddy Justin Batt, who uh, hooked me up with this guy, and this guy wrote this challenge in this book and told me, he challenged me that all my answers would come through two chairs, and he prayed for Justin and I to have a life-changing experience, and we're starting to spread the word on this, and it's going like crazy, and instead of you having to Read the book, I'll tell you exactly how you do it. So, first thing when you get up in the morning, you have a place that's already set up, and really, you just take two chairs. It's the physical presence of that chair that makes the difference. And so, you sit, I jerked my mic off, sorry, and you talk to God. He sits there, and you sit here. What if I told you guys that there's a 1% chance that the creator of the universe, the one who created you and loved you, would meet you in the morning? Would you do it? 1%. I'm 100% sure that if you do this tomorrow morning and I dare you to do it, I'll be jealous if you do it because that first time is so pure. 100% sure that the master of the universe will meet you there and talk to you. And I was like, well, Bob, how do I do it? And the book outlines it really well, but he said, well, what would you normally say? I'd say, good morning. Like, good morning. How you doing? Good. Thank you. Thank you, God, for everything that I have. Thank you for my health. Thank you for my family. Thank you for my farm. Thank you for the Clemson Tigers. You know, <laughs> you would just talk to him like that, like you would a normal person you're in awe of. And then he said, just ask him questions, whatever you want, whatever you want to ask him. And I would say, okay, how about winter's travel? What are we doing with that? How about my sons? How about my daughter getting married? How about my game plan for this, my game plan for that? What do you think? What should we do? I can't tell you the first time that I did it, the chills that came over me and the, the feeling I've had of peace and calm ever since, and I've almost done it every single day since then, and you talk for one minute, and you listen for four. Listen for four. Now, that is hard, right? Especially for us ADD guys, we want to talk, you know, and my mind races. Sometimes I'm not very good at it, but I try to do it and. And then the more you practice it, the better you get, and the better you get at listening. The next thing you know, he's talking to you and grabbing you throughout the day. Thanks, buddy. And so one time I was turkey hunting this year, and I'm walking through my swamp, and um, all of a sudden I felt a cold chill come through my bones and the wind blew, and I'm on the back of the property, and I've, I've never seen it before. I kind of came in a little open in there, and there was white oaks and white lilies everywhere, right, you know, just in the springtime, and I was like, oh, my gosh, and there was palm bushes in the middle of a muggy swamp, and I turned around, and behind me, a tree had blown over probably 30 years ago, and there sat right on the the crest of the stump was was two seats, like on a couch, and he said, (laughs) yeah, he said, sit down. I got something I want to talk to you about. I'm like, Man, I'm turkey hunting. <laughs> He's like, all right, come on, man. How many turkeys have you killed? Really? Is that, is that a big deal? I said, all right. Took off my mask, took off, unloaded my gun, put everything down. And I sat in the middle of that swamp and had the best two chairs I have ever had in my life. And I still feel the power that I felt that day. So much so, he said, why don't you go home? Why don't you get your wife? Why don't you bring her back to And I said, I'll do it. We did it, didn't we, man? And we did two chairs together. You talk about something powerful spiritually. So I can't talk about health without telling you about two chairs and um, how that's motivated me and how I feel that God is whispering to me, and I think he'll talk to you too. So please reach out to me if you do it, and please get that book. I want to tell you one more story that happened to me, and I don't know why these things seem to happen to me, but I have a boat called Winter's Travel Boat, of course, and I I love to fish. That's what my boys and I do, and we were at Debedoo Beach, and I don't know if you know Debedoo, but it's got a gate, and it's pretty aggravating. It's hard to get into and out of, and then you have to drive about 15 minutes to even get to the beach once you get in there. And one summer, probably about 10 years ago, we were renting a place in there, and my wife and I both paid the boat fee, both paid the boat fee. Good communication, right? And <clears throat> we both paid the two hundred dollars for the week. And so we were in there, and we were trying to figure out a way to go back and get our refund because we were. It was action packed. We planned stuff for the kids and fishing and golfing and stuff. Well, something happened. Not something. Ten things happened, and I detailed them in the book that made Clay louder be sitting in my truck about two blocks away from a kid that drowned in a pool. My wife goes to get that boat refund. She happens to park her car, walk to the desk at the security desk, and is standing there when there's a call to security. There's a boy in the pool. It's bad. We don't know how long he's been in there. We need the ambulance quick. And she's standing there listening to that squelcher go off. And she said, she sat there for a minute. She said, I don't want to ruin Clay's vacation. And then she thought about it and said, tell me the address. My husband's a doctor. He's in there. And they said, no, just leave it to the authorities. And then the call came in even even worse the next time. Like, he's really bad. He's not breathing. And the ambulance is in Pauley's Island. And so she this little lady came from around the side and says, "7-Eleven Dunes Boulevard, tell him to go, tell him to go. And so, Kelly calls me. I answer on the first ring. She said, that's a miracle in itself, you know. <clears throat> and I stomp the gas, and I'm on that little boy in one minute. One minute. There's a fireman A little fireman just sitting there holding him, trying to hold him up, just kind of shaking him. There's about 50 people gathered. The dad's over here soaking wet bathing suit. They didn't know how long he'd been in the pool. They just knew he wasn't breathing. And when I walked up, I said, this is bad. This is bad. Talk about prepare yourself. This is fixing to be awful. And um, jump on him. Start CPR one and two and three and four. I'm going fast. My adrenaline's pumping, and I'm looking, and I do it for a while, and nothing's happening. I go to give him my breath, and when I went to give him my breath, I looked down and saw a piece of drool come out of his mouth. I'm like, that ain't that ain't right. And um, I mean, all my medical training, I just done pediatric advanced life, you know, training. I knew what to do. I knew all the steps. You never do a blind finger sweep. Sweep. It's not It's not recommended anymore. And something got in my finger. Put my finger in that little boy's mouth, and I plucked out an orange peel about that big. And he (laughs) kind of startled and gagged, and I went back in, and I got another piece of orange peel, and I rolled him over, and he breathed. Mm, mm. Yes, yes, yes. And I I got to sit right there and watch his cheeks. I mean, he looked just like that, blonde hair, blue eyes. Um, The moms had taken a spa day and the dads were supposed to be watching him and they had no idea how long he'd been in the pool. They just found him in the pool. And, you know, minutes matter. (laughs) Minutes matter when that happens. And the ambulance got there 30 minutes later. So it just gives me great chills, and I have had the great honor and privilege of the good Lord putting me there today. Something got in my hand. Something got me there. I was a block away from that child. I was not in the ocean. I was not playing golf. I was not at the grocery store. I didn't go anywhere else. I was meant to be there that day, and I firmly believe that that's all spiritual. So I'll finish with this story. So this is the great theologian Mike Tyson. Everybody's got a plan until they get punched, right? <laughs> I'd hate for him to punch me, but this is my dream house that my wife and I built out in the country. We live in Maysville near Sumter, and we we were high school sweethearts, and we always said we want to live in the middle of, of nowhere and have a farm and have a nice house. And we, I mean, we dreamt this and built this our whole life, and on July the 1st, 2019, this happened. Yeah, um, my house burned down in like 10 minutes. Ten minutes. Check your smoke alarms, because it saved our life that night. i um, I was in bed, and um, Kelly and them were watching The Bachelor, and Clayton was downstairs, and I heard something like the ping pong table just hitting or slamming, and I thought, you know, that's odd. And then the alarm went off. I walk outside in the, and um I said, Kelly, do you smell smoke? She's like, No, no. They went back to watching TV. I said, Well. I think I smell it. And I walked the garage. The whole garage is blown up in flames. Still never figured out what caused it. And it's flamed up. And so we call 911. We run outside. I'm trying to put it out with a water hose. You know, I'm trying to, I got a little water hose. And Clayton, I'll never forget it. Clayton came up and grabbed me from the back and said, dad, we got to go. It's going to blow. It's going to blow. So we run out of the back of the house and I look up and my wife's still in the house. She had never seen the Flames, so she was still trying to silence the alarm and call 911. So I went back in there to get her, ran right past her, missed her, ran all the way around screaming for her, Kelly, Kelly. And then I finally found her in the hallway. I said, We got to go, it's going to go. And by that time, the fire was coming so hot, I had to grab her, essentially put her on my shoulders, and run out the front door. And um, called for my kids, and they came around. And seriously, we watched it go down. And Tim, as it doesn't take long get ladders if you live upstairs, get your smoke alarms fixed, it matters. It's more common than you think. Um, but I was able to, you know, I, I salvaged my tiger rag. It's amazing at all the things that burn. But, but everything burned, include, I mean, think about it. You lose your Bible, you lose everything. I, I mean, my wallet, my cell phone, everything. I seriously, I really ran out of that house with my reading glasses and my best cotton boxers of all time. They were split from here to here. I'm telling you, Kelly said she'd thrown them away three times, and um, and they were, uh, this is terrible second chance, but y'all just have to give me a third chance. They're purple with green pickles, and they said, tickle my pickle on. Oh. <laughs> 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 mm, I can't believe I told that story. Um, But Sorry, kids, but my wife bought them for me as a, as a gag gift now. So, so seriously, I'm out there. We're in the middle of the country. There's no lights or anything, and then the, all these people have gathered and are hearing about the fire and are coming from our town and stuff, and 50 of us standing there, and she turns and looks at me, and she goes, seriously? <laughs> so that's what I got after the fire, my reading glasses and my boxers. Those are my lucky boxers, by the way. So, I encourage you today to really think, spend some time tonight thinking, what matters most? You got one shot, life's short. What's your purpose? Because if you can find your purpose, you get power, right? And when bad things happen to you, you get perspective. And when you have perspective, then you understand what this is all about and you give grace to everybody that you come into contact with, right? You give grace to everybody. You don't, No, I don't don't do that. I don't believe in that. I don't believe it. No, I love you, brother. I love you, period. You give grace to the preacher. You give grace to anybody you come into contact with. That's what being a Christian is all about. If you're new to this and you don't know anything about it, the only thing that separates Christianity from all all the other religions is grace. And that's because we got it as a free gift and we get to give it to other people. So love on other people and give them stuff. Give them anything off your back. That's what they need, and that'll help you to understand the faith and to further your relationship with Christ. That's the way you got to go. It's all about grace. Thank you. Thank you. So that's my message to you today. Jim Balvano, I just loved his speech. He said, if you do three things every day, if you laugh, if you think, you cried, it's a heck of a day. I've had a heck of a day here at Second Chance. Perry Noble, I love you, man. You're just an amazing, amazing guy. You always amaze me. And in honor of Perry and our relationship and Second Chance, we're going to do something pretty cool, all right? Really special. So <clears throat> this is Rose. She's been a patient of mine for years. I take care of Jacoby, her autistic son. Looks like Scottie Pippen, right? Got the fuzz and everything. Now, that sucker will hit you. If you don't hold his hands, he will pop me right in the face. So I hold him every time I get near him. But um, I, my family and I sent her to Disney World like 10 or 15 years ago. And I started just giving trips to caretakers of children with special needs because it means something to me to give them some respite. They go, you know, here's a trip to the restaurant. We got childcare for a few hours. Here's a, they can't go anywhere, y'all. All she does is 24-7 care for him. They don't get to go on special places. They don't get to go out to eat they, movies or ball games. No, they don't get to do any of that. So I have a heart for, for these kind of people. And so I've started this foundation, and I hope you'll be a part of it. I got books out there. I want you to read about it. And I got flyers. I'd love you to give me some nominations for caretakers of children with special needs. I'll ac- always take nominations to send them to special places. I'll also take care of veterans. I love our country, I believe in it, but those people laid down their life for me, I'm going to reward them. And it's some of the best things I've ever done in my life. I have a video where last year we were able to send, we sent 20 caretakers in October to a special private island in the BVI, all-inclusive, all I mean, all-expense page. There's a girl named Brittany Turner, most amazing, really pure-hearted Christian girl I've ever met that just loved on them mentally, physically, spiritually, fed them the finest of foods and treated them like queens and kings for a whole week. And then we turned around on Veterans Day and did it again yeah. with 24 veterans. And I want you to watch this and enjoy this with me.
2: Heal the Heroes is an event that provides a clarity, confidence and tribe to help our heroes understand that their mission is not over, it's just begun
1: winter's travel. I'd always said that true health was the blending of the mental, the physical, and the spiritual. It takes all three to be healthy. When you're a servant of somebody else, you don't think about yourself. Well, those are the people that I like to reward, and that's what we're here for. That's what, here, that's what my whole foundation is about, is kind of get renewed and refreshed and rebuild.
3: Today, we're going to get clear on where we're going, who we want to be, what we want to do, because clarity is power. The reason we want to know our long-term story is because that determines our long-term deliverables, our medium-term goals, our short-term actions, and today's next steps. What limiting beliefs, what habits are blocking me from making this beautiful story reality? Is that how the story ends? You get to decide.
0: What, what's
2: the biggest struggle that veterans and warriors, defenders, first responders go through when they're transitioning out of that environment? And it's, it's life. Whenever you get out of the service, you have a guy to your right you're supposed to look after and a guy to your left you're supposed to look after. And you don't necessarily take care of yourself so much. Whatever you get out of that, that tribe that you're in, you have a lack of purpose, if you will. People out here say that they're thriving or putting in the work. You can live up there in the zone of thriving. Different as life is out of the military or the first responder community when you're at home, we, we, we carry the stress and we don't, we don't take those <laughs> rocks out of our rucksacks. When one warrior talks, usually another one is listening and they're feeling the same thing that the other guy feeling. They are waiting for somebody else to, to say it. So that is this ripple effect. What I wanna share with you is how hard work is tied to this thing called post-traumatic growth.
3: The aerial BVI is an immersive experience. Everything here is designed for people to be able to stay present. True change happens when you're present in the moment.
2: What I hope that these guys take away this week is to just take it all in and understand that they have a life that's worth living. Everybody put their feet down on the ground for me real quick. Take a second to actually touch the ground. That's in the present. That's where we are right now. We don't look for ribbons or badges or, or any kind of award. Struggle is struggle. It's, it comes in one color. It's just darkness. My hopes for these gentlemen is the keys to unlock their own potential. And I know for myself, they were in my pocket the whole time.
0: When today, I, I mean, there's just too many to count. All the different speakers have just been, I mean, it's been, it's life changing for me, guys.
2: Even though this morning's workout is going to be modeled after Green Beret who died, I want you guys to, Think of anybody, whether it was someone in your unit, whether it was your grandma, grandpa. start to dedicate this moment and what we're going to do today to someone else, it's just a, it's a way to honor someone. In reality, there are people in this world that would give anything, not just the ones that have passed, but the ones that live in these other countries that you've been to, that they would just give anything to, just to be able to do the stuff that we're doing. Down, yeah, up, yeah, up, yeah. Change one keyword change have to get. So that if I have to do this, I get to do that, man, it's life changes. But now when you get hit, it doesn't take you out. Now when you get hit, it doesn't bring you to your knees. The biggest shift for me was like, writing out all the stuff that I have now because of all that that stuff I had to go through. And you have like no idea just from your experiences like how powerful your stories are to people. A little over 48 hours, the honesty and trust within us, the brotherhood, is amazing. Your best days aren't behind you, they're absolutely in front of you. We define a hero as, a, as an ordinary person who has survived extraordinary circumstances, lives to tell about it, and comes back and shares those lessons with those that he loves. People that serve in this community, in the Defender community, we're fighters. I'm, I'm fired up. You fired me up yesterday, but I'm fired up
1: today to, to leave. Be honest with you, go back home, and see my girls, let's and then get, get working, like, get in the ground, let's go.
3: Every human needs a mission. We all have a purpose to discover.
0: Isn't that cool? Ah. Thank
1: you, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank
0: you. Let me tell you something that's really cool. Jesus did this through one man to say yes, how powerful could your yes be? I mean, how strong could your yes be? One man said yes, and it's changing hundreds and eventually thousands of lives. God's called all of us to, to do that. We've seen, we've seen miracles. Happened today, people have made doctors appointments today. <laughs> Literally, that's that's gonna save their life. That's going to save their life. And then we've seen incredible generosity. We actually um recognized one of our veterans and brought him on stage and he's going on the yes. the trip. He's a member of our church and he's going on the trip. But I asked Clay, I said, when we were setting this up, and we've been working on this, what, three or four months? Yes, sir. I said, I said, what service do you want to give something away? He said, well, every service. And I said, at the time, we had two. So we started a third. And I got in touch with him. I said, hey, man, we kind of got <laughs> three. I don't know if you want to give like a half a trip away. And that's yeah, kind of weird. He goes, no, 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 let's do, let's do three. And I said, okay, which one do you want to do at the 5 o'clock? Do you want to give away something to somebody in the military? Do you want to give something away to somebody special needs? He said both. Yeah. So we're partnering. As a church, we're partnering with him. And tonight, I just want to recognize a couple people. In fact, I'm just going to ask them to come stand on stage. Um, David and Alicia Powell, are y'all here tonight? Where are y'all? Yeah, there we are. Y'all come up on stage and stand with us. They are, they've been in military service for how long? 25 years. Both are in the military. Both serve our country. Both are in the, the National Guard. And I was talking to Clay about it, and I said, I said, you know, one of the things that I know that they probably don't get is a lot of vacation time. So the Winter's Travel Foundation is going to send you guys on a vacation. Five days, four nights, anywhere you want to go in the United States just because just to say thank you because of what you've done and how you serve our country we also want to we also want to ask um brian brian grace is brian in here where's brian brian come come up here for a minute Brian, we did a little research this week. Okay. Brian, we, we we know you got Joseph and Emma. Jo- Joseph is nine years old and has autism. And we were told that he loves stuff about space. Like, loves space. And So we started digging, and we're going to send you guys on a trip to Kennedy Space Center. <laughs> so he can spend some time... You and him and Emma together, and it's going to be the trip of a lifetime just to say thank you. Thank you for the work you do, and it's going to be special, and Winters Travel is going to make sure that all that gets set up. So once again, can we give it up for our people and how good God is? I mean, can we give it up? I mean, can we we show some appreciation? Because... I'm excited and I know. You're, and hey. Think about, think about we're clapping and cheering for how generous the Winters Travel Foundation is, but that pales in comparison to how generous God has been to us through his son Jesus Christ. So y'all stand with me and let's pray. Father, I want to thank you tonight for who you are. I want to thank you for your love. I want to thank you for your kindness. I want to thank you for your generosity, and I want to thank you for the miracles that we're going to hear from today for the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years. Right now, with heads bowed and eyes closed all over this room, if you're here tonight and you're blown away by the generosity that you saw, listen, Jesus Christ gave his life so that you and I could be forgiven of sin. Jesus gave his life on the cross so that you and I could know for a fact that we're gonna, when we step into eternity, we're stepping into heaven. And tonight might be the night that you need to pray and ask Jesus to come in your life. And if that's you, I'm gonna ask you to pray and ask Christ to come into your life right where you stand. I'm gonna ask you to pray out loud, but I'm not gonna ask you to pray alone because our church family is gonna pray this prayer with you. So, church family, I want you to pray this prayer out loud for the benefit of those who are praying it for the first time. And if you're here tonight and you know you need to pray to receive Christ, then you pray this out loud and we're going to pray it with you. Let's go. Say, Jesus Christ, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I'm a sinner. And I need your forgiveness. I need your forgiveness. I believe you died on the cross, died on the cross. and rose from the grave to pay, for my sins. to pay for my sins. And right now, Jesus, I, I give my life to you. Come in and take over. In Jesus' name I pray. pray. With head still bowed and eyes still closed. If you're, if you're here tonight and you just prayed that prayer, you just asked Christ to come in your life. I want you right now, without even looking around, to put your hand in the air and raise it in the air because I want to celebrate with you. I want to pray with you. I want to pray for you. Amen. Anybody else? Amen. Anybody else? Anybody else? Hands up. Hands up, Father. I want to thank you for changed lives. I want to thank you that all day today you have saved people. All day today you have met us what we are. All day today you have done miracles. All day today we have seen generosity. May we walk out of this place, Jesus, knowing what our next step is. And knowing that in you the best is always yet to come. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Hey, before you leave, before you leave, I've said this all day, I'm going to say it again. Clay showed you the medical study. Couples that come to church have a better sex life. But listen to me, listen to me. Online people, that doesn't count for you. you got to be in the room. Y'all have a great week. God bless. We love you. We'll see y'all next Sunday.